This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. As we come to an end of this year, 2023, we come to return all of the glory unto you. It is because of your compassion and your mercies that fail not, we have not been consumed. You have kept us in health. You have kept us alive. You have shown your mighty hand of grace upon us. And we come this moment to return all of the glory and praise unto you in the name of Jesus. As we go into the teaching session this evening, I ask that you grant utterance. I speak as your oracle. Your word goes forth unhindered by any demonic force, and grace and light shines upon our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, may all be seated. First of all, let me commend the, the worship team. All right. Before I came, I was watching it online. I said, ah, these people are this powerful. We've, we've not been respecting them. Ah. All right, let's put our hands together for their very, very powerful stuff. Amen. All right. I want to share briefly from the Word of God, and then we enter into the new year with praises. Um, what God has laid on my heart to share this evening. Now, I firmly believe, and God has been communicating this into my spirit for almost three months, that in 2024, not because it's something new, but because it has always been his plan to do this. But he believes that his body and his church has come to a point in maturity where they can make the necessary adjustments for this to happen. And the change that will occur is that we will enter not into the things that we plan and intend to happen, not what we are thinking about this moment on the 31st of December, but entering into what God is thinking about you in the year that lies ahead. In other words, when Peter went fishing with his brother, they were thinking that evening about catching fish. But what God was thinking about that very moment was a call to apostleship and entering into his eternal plan for their lives. And so in 2024, this is what the fullness of this is what we will see. Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 5. Right, Romans 5 verse 1 to verse 5 New King James Version All right, New King James Version first Therefore having been justified by faith We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Through whom also we have access by faith Into this grace wherein we stand 
and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope, and hope maketh us or doesn't disappoint us because of the love of God that is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given unto us. Let's put it in the message translation. This makes it clear. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God. And this is what I'm asking this evening that be done in 2024. You throw open your doors to God and discover the same moment that he has already thrown open his door unto us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. And then he goes on. There is more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we are hemmed with troubles. Because we know troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for what God will do next. And then finally, in alert expectancy such as this, we are never left feeling shortchanged. Quite to the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. So my word this evening is this scripture. In 2024, you won't have enough containers to hold what God will generously pour into your life through the love that he will shed upon you by the Holy Spirit. But what is the process to that? God says, I've already opened my door unto you. The problem is you haven't opened up the doors of your own life unto me. You still think somewhere, if I open up these doors unto God and abandon my will in his own will, I might be left shortchanged in life. I might not, you know, live a life that won't be full and complete. There are many things that I have in my heart that I dream to do that if I hand over the reins of my life to God completely in abandonment of self, all those dreams may be cut short. And it's because we don't know the love that the Father has towards us. The Bible says perfect love that God has casts out fear. 
that there is no reason for us to be afraid. That when we open up our doors unto God, we will find out that all the while he has already opened up his doors unto us in Jesus Christ. And that God will set us right, as he says, and then put us in a position where we will be able to enter into every single thing that he has planned or right for us. So God wants to visit his people and do things that we were not expecting as we step into 2024. 2024, therefore, will be a year of his visitation. And this is because of the adjustments we make internally. Not my will, that's what he's saying, but thy will, O Lord, be done. So what are the things that he wants us, the adjustments he wants us to make? Instead of coming up with our preconceived ideas as to what God will do for us or we want him to do, he says, enter with a prayer of consecration unto him. In other words, I consecrate this year, 2024, unto you. It will not be my own will, but let your own will be done in my life. But you say, what if? What if things that he has planned don't really fulfill me? You must understand there's a difference between if a, if a child, if a father writes his will, a will is written before the father or mother goes home to be with the Lord. The content of that will is not the will of the child. It is the will of the father towards that child. The will of the mother towards that child, not the will of the child or what the child desires from the father or mother. It's what the father or mother has decided to give. Now, if they read the will after the father or mother has gone home to be with the Lord, and you hear what he has left for you, is that day you will know whether he loves you or not. You understand what I'm saying? So what God has in store for you is will prove his love for you as a person. And these things are reserved. He is not going to distribute it according to your own will. He is only going to distribute it according to his own will. Now, what you desire is based on what you have seen on this earth, what you have heard about others, and what you have touched. Based on things that are visible. Every desire you have is based on things you have seen, based on things you have touched, based on things you have heard. On this earth, based on your own environment and its limitation. God's desire for you is based on what he has seen in heaven, 
what he has interacted with, the resources that are available unto him. He is the one that created all the stars and the galaxies. He is the one that created everything all around, that the nations of the earth are like a drop in his palm. His own desire is based on the resources of eternity towards you, while your own desire for yourself is based on what you have seen, heard, or felt. That's why it tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 24. All right? Romans chapter 8 verse 24. It says, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? So if faith is the substance of things hoped for, that hope God is talking about, that you are saved by, is a hope that you have not seen. Because the Bible says, how can a man hope for something that what, if you hope for something, it says this, it says, but hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, alright, he hopes for. But if we hope for that which we see not, then with patience we wait for it. So the hope of God all right, his expectation, his vision and his dream for your life is something your eyes have never seen. Something your ears have never heard. Something that will startle every single person around you because of the appearance of that thing within your life. It is what Paul called what no man's eyes have seen, what no man's ears have heard, and what no man's heart has conceived, God has prepared. So the hope that he's speaking about in scripture is not anything you have seen, but things that you have not seen. Jesus said no man has ascended unto heaven. Nobody. Only the son of man has descended from heaven. In other words, there is no man on this earth that has a knowledge of what is in heaven there. Only Jesus who came says, I know. And therefore the expectation of God over your life is not based on anything you have seen. Now the mistake we have made is that we have looked at things, desired those things, taken those things to God in prayer, and asked according to our own will. Now a father, a child can come to meet a father and say, look, I want you to give me uh, one, all right, 10 million. He looks at it, no problem. I have that kind of cash as disposable income, but it doesn't touch the inheritance that I have written in my will for my children. Now our own request doesn't touch the fringes of his inheritance. Are you following what I'm saying here? So it is, has always been God's plan. It's just the adjustments that we need to make. Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 to 3, NIV translation. Isaiah 64. All that you will rend the heavens and come down, and the mountains will tremble before you. When the fire sets twigs ablaze and causes the waters to boil, come down and make your name known unto your enemies. And cause the nations to quake before you. Now how will that happen? When you did awesome things that we did not expect. 
it is not based on our own expectation. You came down and mountains trembled before you. So it's a year of visitation where God wants to go beyond our own personal dreams, aspirations, and visions, which are limited to time and limited to material things. He wants to unveil through us the very things that he has prepared from the foundation of this world. So how is he going to get it done? Step number one. He says, open your doors unto me. Because I have opened my doors unto you. What are the doors that he wants you to open? Put Romans chapter 5. Alright, verse 2 in the message translation. Open your doors. He says this. That's not all. We throw open our doors unto God. So the first thing is, after I begin to pray a prayer of consecration, I open the doors of my life unto God. Because he has already opened. Why are we not experiencing the fullness of his love? The doors are closed. We are not opening our doors in surrender to his will. Prayer is thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is not, O Lord, do according to that which I have willed. So we open up our doors. How do we do that? Psalm 24, verse 7 to verse 9. First step, open the doors of your heart. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Lift them up. He says it again. Ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. First thing is, open your doors unto him. You know, there's a story of a man who tried to join a church, and the church was, was a very wealthy church, and everybody there, you know, had a chip on their shoulders. And so this man who was, you know, on lower ladder in society, sat outside the church, and one day he was crying in his heart and said, I've been rejected and not allowed here. And he said, Jesus appeared unto him and said, I myself have been trying to get into this church. They've not allowed me in. With many of us, Jesus is trying to get into our lives. We have not opened up those doors. Effort Bothworth says it right. We ask the carpenter. You go there and say, carpenter, there's something wrong with my life. He says, all right, open the door. Let me come in. If I come in, I'll rectify it. We say, no. If you come in, we are not sure whether you will take over our lives. So please, just rectify it according to my will on the outside. If Jesus is going to rectify everything, you must open the door to him and let him come in. How then do you open the doors there? What are these doors? Isaiah 60, verse 10 and verse 11. And the sons of strangers, now if you open up these doors, this will happen. 
Sons of strangers will build your walls, and their kings will minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee. And that wrath means, God, the pressure you are feeling on the outside is because God is trying to get you to open the door to him. He says, but in my favor I have had mercy on thee. Verse 11. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually, and they shall not be shut day or night that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. Verse 12. If you open this gate, it says, For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee, if you open up this gate, shall perish. Yea, these nations shall be utterly wasted. What are the gates? Verse 18. It says, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting and destruction within thy borders. Thou shalt call thy world salvation, and thy gates what? Praise. So it starts with praising God, which means I open up the gates of my life. What am I praising God for? Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, King James Version, quickly, Romans 5, 1. It tells us, therefore being justified, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, it says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in what? In the hope of the glory of God. In other words, you start rejoicing that there is an inheritance that God is bringing forth into my life in 2024. I'm opening up the gates of my life. All right, people that I don't even know will step into my life. This is going to be an adventurous life here because I'm rejoicing in things that God has prepared that my mind has never conceived. And I'm worshiping him and I'm rejoicing in the unknown that is going to be revealed and be made manifest in my flesh. Now, once you start rejoicing in that, the next thing that shows up is the next verse. Go to verse 3. Now, let's go back to message translation. Verse 3. I'm sorry to say, but this is the process. It says, there is more to come. We shout our praise even when we are hemmed in with troubles. My friends, once you start rejoicing all right, in the unexpected and in the grace that is to come, the first manifestation you are going to have is trouble. You hear what I said? Trouble. And you will be hemmed in. It's not a cause. It's a process. God takes you out of Egypt to the land that he has promised. All right? You go through the wilderness. Now, there's a reason for that. And I'll explain why. There is a reason and it's the most important stage of your life. Because God is not going to raise spoiled children who are just going to get up and say, you know, we're working all of this. And when the blessings come, they destroy you. Nothing destroys a person like disposable income. Once you have disposable income, once you have abundance, if you don't have wisdom, it will destroy you. So God says, we have to get into the next thing. He wants to build. This is what he does. Next thing is God prepares you for what he has prepared for you. Do you get what I'm saying here? He has to prepare you for what he has prepared for you. So if a father knows how much he labored and walks the streets 
and did all kinds of things that his son or children have no knowledge of. They were born into wealth. They were born into comfort. The father knows that his children don't have the character to hold what he is going to bestow upon them. So he embarks on an intentional journey of developing that character and capacity on the inside of them. Any test you go through, the meaning of it is that God wants to build character and capacity on the inside of you, which is more important to God than the manifestation on the outside. I repeat, the formation of Christ on the inside of you is more important to God than the car you drive. The wisdom that you have is more important than the job you have. Are you following what I'm saying here? Who you are is more important than who you marry. I hope you get this. It is about you, which means the development of you. And the church has not understood this. We have promised people deliverance instead of the better resurrection. It is the process of God. Alright? He says, I will take you to the land I will show you. Not the land you will choose. Whatever men have chosen in scriptures has not ended well. Let him make the choice for you. Now, once you agree to that and you start the journey and you begin to praise, you exit that position. The first bus stop here is going to be one of tests for character development. So, God prepares you, all right, now with tests so he can build you up so that what he is about to bless you with will not destroy you. An heir, as long as he's a child, will differ not from a servant, though he be lord over all. It is not that God, when he bestows the inheritance, that's when God really now loves me. No. God's love is unconditional. His chastisement, which is grievous, is a manifestation of his love. Because he knows, alright, you will be distracted. You will go into temptations if all these things happen. And he is not going to give it to you while you are immature. So the abundance, the influence you are going to have, the disposable income that will be in your hands, the willingness of people to do anything for you, even sin if you ask them to do it. In other words, you have so much influence and power that you can ask another human being to disobey God to please you and they will do it. So you must have the character and integrity not to go through that path. You must have all right, that capacity on the inside of you. And so God says, let's take you through it. Now, so once the process starts, he says, begin to rejoice in that process. Don't just rejoice all right, in the fact that something glorious is coming into your life. Now, this is where you show that I, he says this, am your master and your Lord. You bow down before me. You worship me. All right, you give me all the praise and glory that it is about my character development. It's about wisdom on the inside of me. It is about me entering into the sufferings of Christ. 
Sufferings don't mean what you are going through externally, but sufferings mean how you respond in obedience to God and resist temptations during that time. So God takes you, and this is the most crucial aspect. Let me tell you this. <coughs> if you read Hebrews chapter 11, read it when you get home. It tells us about the whole of faith. All the great men of faith. Read it. It now says in verse 12, or chapter 12, sorry. Let us therefore, you know there are no chapter and verses in the letter, in the original letter. So it's a continuous thing. Let us therefore run the race that is set before us. It says, alright, with patience. Talks about patience. Which means that the whole cloud of witnesses are looking at us that this is the most important and faith strategic faith journey that these people are about to back on and back on what moses built can be compared to this what abraham did can be compared to this race all right elijah says this is the race all the cloud he wasn't talking about what you receive and what you get he says run this race with patience what is that race Go and read it. He says, when you come under God's chastisement, this is what they want to see. That you humbled yourself under his chastisement. That if our fathers in the flesh corrected us and we gave them reverence, how much more won't we be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? In other words, we are trying to confess into existence things we know, but God says, look, the real deal of faith is that you maintain this work when i am chastising you and you're going through it you accept the correction that is required inside your soul you submit yourself to him there and rejoice over it in other words you rejoice and god begins a surgical work on the inside of you changing he says this is what all the patriarchs are looking for they're not looking for all right it is the biggest testimony is the change in the condition all right of our souls which means that the decisions that we make at that particular point in time so god tells us jeremiah chapter 18 verse 1 to 6 this is what he's saying he's saying the word of the lord came to jeremiah from the lord saying arise and go down to the potter's house And there I will cause you to hear my words. Verse 3. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was mad in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel. In other words, for the potter to make all right, you into another vessel, you must get mad in his hands. So he made it again into another vessel that it seemed good to the potter not to the vessel to the potter to make it next verse then the word of the lord came unto me saying "O house of israel can i not do with you as this potter said the lord behold as the clay is in the potter's hands so are you in my hands O house of israel if we don't allow him to mold us he is not going to give us what he has prepared inside his heart. Those who allow him to mold them, I'm telling you this, 
by coincidence, not that they consciously planned for it, not that they even confessed for it. The confession that you make is a confession of obedience during the time of test. It's a confession of walking in love when people oppose you. It's not even a confession first of the external. It's a confession of those things. And God begins to mold you. And you accept that this is the process that I needed to go through because I am more important than the things or the places that he is going to bring me into. So everybody God has worked with, God has molded them, taking them apart. Whether it's David, whether it's Joseph, whether it was John the Baptist, whether it was Jesus, there were times when he took them apart to mold them into the very person which he wanted them to be. So we enter into the sufferings of Christ, which is the biggest expression of our faith. What happens? We don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4 verse 30. All right, We don't grieve him during that time. Grieve not the Holy Spirit where you are sealed unto the day of redemption. He is the one that is the custodian of thy inheritance. Don't grieve him. Grieving causes sorrow that leads to repentance. Which means, when you grieve a person, what that person has planned to give you, they change their mind about it. And I'll show you in scripture. If you grieve the Holy Spirit, say you are sealed, he says there will be a change. He mustn't be grieved during that time. Let me show you what I'm saying. Hebrews 3 verse 10 and verse 11. Hebrews 3, 10 and 11. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. The rest is what he has prepared. He said you can have what you are planning but that rest that I have for you. He says I swore in my wrath there you don't want God to make up his mind that what I have prepared, you won't get into it. And the way in which you qualify, I'm telling you, listen, what God has for you, you can't even confess it. Because you know not what to pray for as you ought. Are you telling me that Joseph, the morning he woke up, he knew by the end of the day he was going to be prime minister? I'm telling you, no matter what you pray on this ground, what God has prepared in 2024, you have no idea. The only prayer you can offer up is open my eyes that I may see. But he takes you through this. And he says, don't grieve me. Now, how do we grieve him? Look again at Hebrews 3, verse 17 and verse 18. Hebrews 3, 17 and 18. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Not with them that sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. Verse 18, and to whom he swore that they will not enter into his rest because they believe not. Genesis, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 6 about this. It says, Genesis, and it repented God that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. In other words, when a person is grieved about somebody, they change their mind. In other words, if a boss has decided and written that your promotion and all of this, and you grieve that person, they change their mind. They repent. They say, what I have prepared, I'm not going to give this person. So what grieves his heart? 
wrong words that we speak during that time. Murmuring. Complaining. When the test comes, he wants to hear the sound of joy. He wants to hear the rejoicing because it says, and we rejoice in tribulation because tribulation worketh patience. The word patience, that means character. We are rejoicing that God is doing a work. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing that the trial of your faith worketh character. And character, he says, let patience have a perfect work. He says that you may be perfect that entire wanting nothing. He wants to build character. This is what we omitted in the word of faith message. In other words, once the tribulation comes, we rebuked everything. Not understanding that God wants to build character. Numbers chapter 14 verse 19 to verse 34. Quickly and then I'll give six steps. Alright, and then we'll rejoice into the new year. Now, they began to speak when he sent spies into the promised land. So Moses had them. Moses was a man of character. How can, how, listen, God built character into Moses. How can God in heaven come and meet you? And say, this nation, I will destroy all of them. And I will make a greater nation and I will give you that nation. And God is telling you that he's going to make a massive nation and he'll give you and you'll be the head of that nation. And you go to God and say, God, no. No. Don't give me a greater nation. Let's work with these people. Ambition had died. Covetousness had left his soul. He said, God, listen. If you do it the way you are saying, your image will be dented, mine will be promoted, but yours will be dented. Listen, don't do it. How can God be saying to you, we are about to promote you to here, and you are telling God no, which means that God himself was testing Moses. he says here numbers 14 so moses went to god and said pardon he says pardon i beseech thee the iniquity of these people according to the greatness of thy mercy as thou hast forgiven these people from egypt even until thou and the lord said i've pardoned according to thy word but as truly as i live i've had mercy on them but there's a law all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the lord verse 22 because all those men which have seen my glory, my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened unto my voice. Surely they shall not see, God said, surely they shall not see the land that I swore unto thy fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. He said, they won't see the land I swore by myself to give unto them. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he hath another spirit, and has followed me fully, him will I bring to land, whereunto ye went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites, all right, tomorrow turn you get into the wilderness by the way. Verse 26. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear? Now this is how they grieved him. With this evil congregation, which murmur against me, and I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, as they have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto them. Your carcass shall fall, all right, the number and the whole number, all right, which have murmured against me. So it's murmuring that grieves him. Doubtless, you shall not come, he says, doubtless, into the land 
which I swore to make you dwell therein, except Caleb and Joshua. Verse 31. But your little ones that you said will be a prey, I will bring them in. Verse 32. It says, but as for you, your carcass shall fall in the wilderness. Because that's what they were saying. And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear the hordes of until their carcass be wasted in the wilderness. Now look how it said that for. After the number of the days in which you search the land 40 days, each day for a year shall you bear your iniquities 40 years. And you shall know the breach of my promise. Which means you will know that, I bro- that you breach. Which means I promised you I did not do it. So when the test starts, begin to rejoice. Now, once you pass that test, I'm telling you, you are going to enter into things. Strangers will come into your life. Kings will enter into your life. Because you have opened up the door of your life. You are right there in pain. You are going, But you kept that door open. He says people that will not bow, he says this here, will perish. In other words, people will do your bidding at that level. But your character there has been developed. It has been built. No trace of oppression on the inside of you. So what are the things you do during that time instead of murmuring? Number one, Romans chapter 8 from verse 24. Let's read it here. Hope that a sin is not hope. But for that which a man said, no, hope, all right? That which is, sorry, for but hope that he sin is not hope. For that which a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? It now goes on. Next verse. But if we hope for that which we see not, then with patience we wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercessions with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, for is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. With this understanding, when you get back, read the book of Romans 8. You will now understand what he says. He says, For the creature was made subject to vanity by reason of him who subjected the same in hope. In other words, he allowed his creature to go through certain things because of the dream that he had. It's like a parent saying, I will allow, all right? He looks at the child and says, you are full of talent. You are full of potential. But you need character to be able to hold this. Therefore, I will expose you to the most difficult things. I mean, it was like a player in Nigeria back then. And, and, all right? He said, look, when he went to play Chelsea Football Club, Joseph Mario, he didn't know. He was skillful, did all of that. He told the other players, this boy is skillful. But he doesn't yet have the character to carry the skill. How many people have skill? How many people are anointed? How many people are talented? But they are nasty. How many people have things but they are arrogant? And the very people God sends to help them, they push those people out of their lives because of character flaws. They can't even work with people. People that will assist them, they stone those God has sent to them. Character flaw. So God says, look, it's going to be a frustrating thing. Push this person. He says, begin to kick him during training. Kick him very well. When you kick him, he will toughen him. Then he became tough. Nobody could get the ball from him in real time. That's what God decided he would do to you. Kick him. Kick him. Sack him. Sack. God signed it. You are saying promotion doesn't come. God said, I signed it. Be going. Let us see you rejoice. Paul said, I know how to abound and how to be abased. Paul didn't say, as a Christian, I will never be abased. He says, I know how. 
Are you following what I'm saying here? So one intercession. During that time, don't murmur. Get into the travail of the Spirit. Begin to push through. Because there is something you don't know that has to be birthed. Spend time praying it out of your being. Spend time praying it out of your being. It is something you don't know. Alright? Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Quickly. It says, during this time, rejoice in hope and be patient in tribulation. Continue instant in prayer. So rejoice in that hope. It says, continue in the place of prayer. Alright? And then it says, right, be patient in tribulation. Please, it's very important that your expectation must still be there. You must still be rejoicing in the expectation. Even though things seem to have fallen off on the left and on the right, you are still rejoicing that nothing here has changed. What God has planned for me is going to come to pass. I'm going to experience the visitation. Prayer without rejoicing is ineffective. Prayer without rejoicing is ineffective. Alright? It means you have lost hope, so you are just going through the motions. You have to rejoice in hope and then pray. Alright? So continue to rejoice in hope. Never let go of your hope. Nothing that has happened on the outside, you will find out. Some of the things that God wants to teach you is that the opinions of men are not as formidable as you think. That people don't like you doesn't count. Alright? That somebody walked out of your life, you think God has... Do you know? Listen, people have walked out of this ministry, God knows in heaven, I felt we won't survive. Alright? Some people walked out financially, I said, ah, are we going to survive? It took three weeks to balance the whole thing. I'm free. Are you following what I'm saying here? I respect people, I greet people, I help people, but I'm in bondage to no man on this earth. For I know the secret source and is God. Let me repeat. I'm in bondage to nobody. If anybody, I'm saying this live on television, in this country or in the world, has ever asked me, ask them for money. Or anybody that I know that has influence in this country, I'm saying it on television, has ever given me 5,000 naira, they should tweet tomorrow. Are you following what I'm saying here? 5,000 naira, tweet tomorrow. And those who have come that I rejected it, no. But in confidence, I won't say. God is our source. But we didn't get there just by wishing. God came us into that place. So continue to rejoice. Rejoice in that hope. Number three, it tells us, Let's go on Romans 12 verse 13. This is very important. Sorry, Romans 12 verse 10. I think it's 10. Be kindly affected. We'll get to this. Verse 11. This is very important because of time. Don't be slothful in business. Listen, when you are going through tests, don't become slothful in business. Many people become slothful. They carry their personal issues into their business. Listen, what you are going through, leave it where you are going through. God is dealing with you. Be, don't be slothful. If you are to get there at 7 a.m., be there at 7 a.m. If you are to get there at 9 30, be there at 9. No excuses. Don't ever let it come out of your mouth. Do you know what I'm going through? Are you following me? No mood swings on the job. 
that's when you get there let nobody know what you are passing through this is character development that anything happened to you this is character development are you following me it's character see my best friend from kindergarten best friend when i was three years old my mother's 90th was on friday i had invited him to come he told me he said my father just died yesterday but i must be there to honor your mother character do you get what i'm saying here he came to the place you won't have known that he just lost his father you don't carry your own issues and throw it on everybody that don't you know what i'm going through yeah you get to the place you know uh, 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 and everybody's gathering around you drag everybody down see let me tell you this story ahead i will, I will close whether i finish the message or not his name is uh, what's his name now um david miller uh, that, that is no sorry james miller miller he's 37 years old he started playing in the premiership at the age of 16. He's still playing in the premiership 21 years later. He's still playing today. He started at 16 and he's still playing today. They asked him, what is the key to this? He said this. He said, let me tell you, you get into a team sometimes. You train, you do all the hard work and the coach doesn't select you. You train harder and do all the hard work and the coach doesn't select you. He said, it is very easy at that point to say to yourself, since the coach is not picking me, let me go out with my mates, go to the nightclub, go and have a few drinks, and go and do this. Stop walking out in the gym, and all of that. He said, I saw many people get discouraged, and they deviated off the path. He said, the key to it was that I stayed with my routine, even when the coach was not picking me. Eventually, the coach, it is a test. You get so angry, you start saying bitter things, you get distracted. So don't be slothful in business. Remain fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Don't say it's character development. I'm not coming again to church. I'm not serving again. Number one, you may be slothful in your business in your office. It's a test. No slothful. I'm telling the, the sufferings you go through. And the Bible says it will be a light affliction which is for a moment. If you obey God, it won't take long for what God has planned to break forth. And what God has planned to break forth. This is the test. Listen, this is what faith is really about. It's about obeying God during those times. So don't let issues get to you such that you now become slothful at work saying things like, if you don't know what I'm going through, and then you make the event shape your character. You hear people hold conversations, they are still making conversations with them about what happened 20 years ago, and they are engaging in it. They'll say, well, this happened to you in your career and they are discussing it. You don't discuss it. You don't. <laughs> One time when we started church, let me tell you what happened. We just, we just believed God and bought equipment. First equipment we bought. We bought this beautiful powered mixer where, you know, you didn't need an amplifier. You just put the speakers, the you know, the mixer will power everything. So something happened in the compound property. So he borrowed some people money. So they came to collect their money. And while they were fighting over it, we didn't know that they peeped into the church in the other faculty. Well, to cut long story short, they cut through the window. I think they saw what we had and took the mixer and went. Listen, it was, I, can't, I won't forget. 
back then in the 90s it was 120,000 you know what we're talking about it's like something left me mixer that we bought and you know how people are so pastor someone came to me you know and I listen I, you don't know <laughs> you know sometimes when I see campus pastors now I'll be comforting them and, and because when they see trouble I say ah We've been doing this thing. You didn't know that we are we were killing fires all this time. You just come to church, everything is calm. Ah, we've been using this. So when I see them, sorry, oh, eh, we'll be praying for you. Eh? Stay strong, all right? Because, all right, you know how people can come and meet you. So how did this happen? So one guy came to me. How did this happen? In the house of God, how did this happen? <laughs> After we lost Nixon, you are telling me again. Is that what you should be saying? How did this happen? How? This shouldn't happen in the house of God. No. No. Ah, I looked. My landlord came in the afternoon. He said, I saw your mix. I said, ah, sorry. So I looked at him. He said, I was still feeling sad after two hours. He said, come here. He used to come here. I said, I sit down. I've made money. I've lost money. He said, any time a business fails, I will leave the office, the table, the chair, the business cards, everything in that office. I will walk out. I don't carry the failure of that one into the next place. I leave the office as it is. said, do you know how many offices I've left? I leave the table, leave the paper, leave the what we signed, leave everything. I walk out into a new day. I have no connection with that failure. He said, quickly get up from this thing you're going through. Or else, what is in your future? You'll miss it. So serve the Lord. Be kind unto others. And understand the wilderness, which is what you are going through, is a place where God has called you to sacrifice unto him. You see, if you pass that test, and it won't be many days, if you will rejoice, not that God, you know I'm rejoicing, things are terrible. No, I'm rejoicing because what you have prepared, all these things going on cannot stop it. The people that you have called me to nothing can stop it and i'm rejoicing there in the fulfillment all right of that particular thing if you will rejoice and rejoice and walk in love to others don't murmur continue in your service unto god all right don't be slothful in business let it be that when the breakthrough comes and it will come shortly and this is what 2024 is about when it comes then people will hear that you mean you were going through this when you came to visit me you mean you just this happened to you and still you came to my own issue to do this it is a place of sacrifice and this is what god wants from the church you see what we did that was wrong was we just chose what we wanted and started telling ourselves just be repeating it just be repeating it just be repeating it and the truth about the matter is that when people get it, you know, when I was on campus, University of Lagos, after I finished being president, something happened, and I said it. The work we did there was so strong in Unilag, so strong. I mean, Archbishop Idahosa came, Bishop, everybody came to preach for us. So when I got up in the sent forth, alumni people, past presidents, they said, we must honor this guy. They mounted a guard of honor for me and stood and said, this man, you have done what we didn't think will be done. 
And I walked through that guard of honor. And when I got to the place, I took the gift they gave me and I got the microphone. And I told them. The experience I get when confessing God's word, piercing my soul, satisfies me more than all these things you have done. I have just discovered that all these things don't reach. That's what I said to them. I said, I'm sorry. But what you people have just done has showed me the depth of satisfaction comes from your fellowship with God, not even when men praise you. Let's rise to our feet and begin to praise God. All right, we have about a minute. Worship to him. Come up. We have about a minute. Begin to thank God that I'm opening up my doors. Amen. Great people around you and say, welcome to the best year of your life so far. A year of divine visitation. A year of the unexpected. And if you are at home online, great people in your houses, in your communities. For the next 20 minutes, we want to do something that we do every year, but it's not traditional, it's not religious. You know, this afternoon, when I was writing some things for this service, I sent it to this person, and um, she always tells me that, you know, this are the transformations that have happened in my life from watch night service so I, I was then meditating and praying and I just sent I said to the person alright I mean when I remember testimonies of people like you we just go through the rigors of, of extracting this thing because of the testimonies you give and this is what she said to me my life took off she told me this at 4, 4.15 my life took off when I declared the entire year's prophetic utterances twice a day throughout the entire year. My career, my children, my marriage, my businesses, my relationships, and opportunities. She said it is surreal, which means the results that come, and diligently I know she does this, she will transcribe everything and she says twice a day she says those things to um, herself so prophetic utterances which are based on the word of god is the major method that the holy spirit uses to transfer grace into our lives so i want to make some pronouncements over our lives for 2024 and since it's a year of visitation the five things that will characterize this visitation this year will be number one, fulfillment of prophecies and pro- promises God made to you in the past. Number two, you will experience an outpouring of His Spirit upon your family, business, finances, 
leading to the springing up of new things that you never all right prayed or even thought about number three experiencing divine help through angelic assistance number four divine provision and number five restoration whose phone is this looks like your mother is calling you or somebody <laughs> so those five things all right will happen so i'll just read scriptures to buttress it and i'll make the declarations directly just listen to the words and the thing about the prophetic utterance is this let me say it quickly before we do it listen if anything is said that registers in your spirit and as it were, the babe leaps in your womb, which means it connects with you. Take it as done. That's the thing of a prophet. Once it connects with you in a way, just take it as done. So here are the pronouncements of the blessings the Lord has given. In Genesis 21 and verse 1, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and did unto Sarah as he had spoken. I declare over everybody under the sound of my voice. In 2024, all the prophecies and promises God has spoken to you quietly in your spirit or over your life shall find their fulfillment through a divine visitation in the name of Jesus. For this is the year of God's vengeance over your life. A year of recompenses for all the wrong that has been done unto you. Every wrong that people did unto you, that you refused to avenge, because the Holy Spirit motioned in your heart that you shouldn't. But yet, till now, you hurt at times concerning it. God says unto you, this year, he settles all those controversies for any form of attack you received from people he will recompense you this year heal you from all of the wounds by reason of his blessing upon your life the blessing that shall come into your life and the events that shall unfold before your eyes will be a clear explanation of why you went through what you went through in the past in the mighty name of Jesus. You will say unto yourself, the sufferings of yesterday are not worthy to be compared to the glory I have in my hands today. That which God shall do unto you in 2024 will settle all hurts in your past in the mighty name of Jesus. Exodus 3 verse 15 and to 17. God said unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen what is done unto you. And I have said, I will bring you out of the affliction unto a land that flows with milk and honey. The Lord, therefore, will lead you every step this year. 
He will bring you into the habitation he has prepared for you. This year, for you, shall not be as you thought, but it shall be as he has thought and planned over your life. For he is leading you into things, people and places you never prayed nor asked him about. And it will indeed be a brand new year in your life. Isaiah 48 verse 21. And they thirsted not when he led them through the desert. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. They clave the rock also and waters gushed out. This year, God will take you by the hand. Lead you through all desert places. You will however not thirst in the desert. For he will cause the waters to flow out of an unexpected place. The blessing is coming out of an unusual and unknown place. It will come not from the outside, but it will come from Jesus himself. As you cleave unto Jesus during that time and worship him, the waters of his blessings shall gush out upon your life in the desert places. Luke 1, 78 and 79 says, through the tender mercy of God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light unto them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. This year, I say unto you under the sound of my voice, the Lord shall visit you with his mercy. The following things will be your portion this year. Number one, any form of darkness or cloud, that has obscured you keeping you hidden from those that god would have you connected to people that would have helped you people that would have given you a platform from a, for expression that cloud of darkness that kept you obscured and pushed you away from those people the judgment of god comes upon that cloud this moment it is removed over your life and that connection will be made and somebody will hold your hand and give you a platform and a position on this earth that will cause your gifting, your talent and your light to shine into the nations of the earth. Now he says again, some of you have labored faithfully but nobody knows your name. Nor is anyone mentioning you in the right quarters. The second thing that mercy will do for you. Light has shone upon you this year. The warfare over your life is accomplished. The cause is broken. Somebody will step into your life shortly. And intercede for you in the right quarters. They will speak for you as the chief butler spoke up for Joseph and will mention your name in those places and you will be sought for. Third thing that will happen, as Lot lingered and the angels laid hold upon his hand when Sodom was to be destroyed and Gomorrah and he lingered and tarried and they laid hold upon his hand upon, and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, 
the Lord being merciful unto him, and brought him forth, and set him without a city. Third thing that mercy will do, the angels of the Lord have been released, and they will lay hold upon your hand, and that of every member of your family this year. When they are in dangerous situations, which they are not even aware of, the angel of the Lord shall forcibly, forcefully remove them out of that place, such that it is only with their eyes they shall see evil, and with their ears they will hear it. No member of your family shall be a victim of the consequence of another person's sin. When they make mistakes, this word shall be their portion. The lawful captive shall be delivered and the prey shall be taken out of the hand of the mighty. Number five. In Matthew 20, 31 to 33, two blind men cried unto Jesus, Have mercy upon us. And he answered, What will he that I shall do unto you? And they said, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Mercy has conferred upon you open eyes to see new opportunities. Jeremiah 17 verse 6. It says, For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, and shall inhabit the patched places. Romans 11 verse 10. It says, Let their eyes be darkened, so that they cannot see, and their backs be bent continually. Good is coming to you this year and by the mercy of God, with your own eyes, you will see it and recognize it. This year, by the mercy of God, I speak the blessing of eyes that see. The major opportunity God sends your way you will recognize it at its appearance. The major singular opportunity, that single opportunity that God will send your way this year, the blessing of eyes that see rest upon you. You will recognize it at its appearance. Through this opportunity, you will be totally liberated from every form of human control and oppression. You will stop running helter-skelter trying to please people or trying to enter into the favor of some. <coughs> For through this opportunity, the stage will be reversed. Kings will now stretch their hands towards you and grant unto you the right hand of fellowship. Those you sought will seek you out. This life-changing opportunity that will cause a quantum leap in your life, you will see it by the mercy of God. This year, it shall be said by others concerning you. When they see you enter into this opportunity, that of a truth, it is not of him that runneth, Neither is it of him that willeth, but is of God that showeth mercy. This is your portion this year in the name of Jesus. This year in a time of trouble, 
when those who hate you arise, you will rejoice in the salvation of the Lord. For he will lift you up from the gates of death. He will enlarge you when you are distressed. He will not shut you up to the hand of your enemy. But when they arise, he will set you in a large room. You will, he, you will recover your soul from others and you will find prosperity and adversity. When you hear the slander of many, when they take counsel against you, you will know in that day that your times are in the hands of the Lord. For he will cause his face to shine upon you and you will glow and prosper in the midst of the slander and in the midst of the adversity in the name of Jesus. The wicked shall be shamed and put to silence. You will experience the greatness of God's goodness. He will hide you from the strife of tongues. He will show you his marvelous kindness during that time. Those who oppose you shall clearly see they are only advancing your cause by opposing you. For the Lord shall preserve you and bountifully reward you in that day. The blessing of divine reward. As Boaz answered Ruth, it has been shown me all that you have done, how you left your father and mother and came to a people that you didn't know. And Boaz said unto Ruth, The Lord recompense your work, and a full reward be given unto you. I declare unto you, and this is specific, who have labored in faithfulness, and looked to men for the reward of your service. And they looked away from you and looked over you. God will visit that issue in the course of this year. And you will be rewarded to the fullness. Not with material things, but with a significant relationship like that of how Boaz was to Ruth. And by that relationship, you will enter into networks you didn't build. You will enter into fields you didn't labor for. That relationship shall open up doors for things that have been prepared decades before you came into this earth. And you will know the saving grace of your God. And all the pain shall be wiped away in Jesus' name. The blessing of restoration. Some of you, and this is specific, lost certain positions and things in the previous years. Through to, due to you losing a key relationship. This either happened by a mistake you made or lies that were told by someone else on you. This cloud has hung over your head, but in 2024, God's judgment is upon that issue. As Pharaoh lifted up the head of the chief butler, bringing him out of confinement, and restoring the man back to his place and delivering the cup back to his hand all in three days. Three represents resurrection by that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You have been restored. The person will send for you 
out of confinement and restore you back to the position that you once held in the name of Jesus. Concerning those the enemy has planted into your life for wastage. Psalm 144 verses 10 to verse 15. Put it up, let me read it please. Psalm 144, 10 to 15. Psalm 144, 10 to 15. It is he that giveth salvation to his kings, who delivered David his servant from the hurtful sword. Lead me and deliver me from the hands of strange children, whose mouths speak vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our gunners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in the streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, and there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is the people that such is the case, Happy is that people whose God is their Lord. Isaiah 49 verse 17 and verse 19. Isaiah 49. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, sorry, thy children shall make haste, and the destroyers that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. Verse 19. For thy waste and desolate places and the land of destruction shall be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and those that swallow thee up shall be far away from thee. I declare unto you, within the first three months of this year, that the next nine months may be months of prosperity, months of increase, months of growth, in the first three months of this year, anyone the enemy has planted in your life who has brought wastage who has brought destruction who has stretched out a right hand of falsehood unto you in the first three months they shall be rooted out of your life and here is how the description of how your life will be after they are gone your son shall be vigorous and shall be strong as growing plants. Your daughters will radiate with graceful beauty like pillars of a palace wall. Your bands, that's the result of the work of your hands, <coughs> shall bring fullness to the brim with diverse results in every field. Products and services out of your hands shall be multiplied. No enemy shall successfully attack your walls. Peace will be everywhere and around you. Three blessings that the Lord will confer upon the work of your hands this year. And I'll close with this. Number one, the blessing of the rain. Number two, the blessing of favor. And number three, the blessing of recognition of opportunity. Now, I will describe the blessing of the rain 
and then make the pronouncement. Now, watch these scriptures. You cannot be successful on this earth without rain falling. Genesis 2, verse 5 and verse 6. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the face of the ground. Then we look at verse 3, or chapter 3, and verse 23. God therefore sent man out of the garden to till the ground. In other words, it was tilling the ground without the rain of heaven. For Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 10 and to verse 12 says this. For the land without thou goest to possess is not as the land of Egypt where you came out, where you sowed your seed and watered it with your foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to possess is a land of hills and valleys that drinketh of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. And the eyes of the Lord their God are upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of it. And the blessing of Isaac was this in Genesis 27 verse 28. He talked about the land. Genesis 27. Therefore God give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn. For the earth to grant fatness through the labor of your hands, the heaven must grant its rain. The rain are the thoughts and the ways of God. Therefore I declare over every single person under the sound of my voice, this year, through the visitation of God, the good treasure of God, the heavens, are opened over your life. The work of your hands shall drink of the rain of heaven. Thoughts shall come out of the Spirit of God. Ideas and concepts in the very thing that you are laboring. What you are holding today as five loaves and two fish. Those things that look small. On this set date next year. By the rain of heaven, it would have multiplied to feed a multitude. Your work will no longer just be taking care of you or meeting the needs of your family. It shall be a pillar in the kingdom of God, a covering during these economic times to help others and to keep them under a shade. Your hands are blessed. Your hands are blessed. Those hands will become a covering unto others. As Paul said, through the work of my hands, I supported the weak. What you are doing, your career and your business, through the reign of heaven, has been promoted, not just to meet your own needs and those of your family, but to meet the needs of multitudes as far as your eye can see. Children will go to school because of the labor of your hands. 
Sick people will receive medication because of the labor of your hands. Children will have scholarships granted unto them because of the labor of your hands. You will pay school fees in foreign exchange through the labor of those hands. You will hear of disasters in nations and you will mobilize resources because of the rain that falls upon the labor of your hands. That same place where you are, God says to you, you need not to depart. You need not to change the business. My rain will fall upon it. New products, new services will come out of that work. Multiplied grace is upon it. And men shall eat and men shall prosper. Skilled people will receive opportunities. Businesses will start from the work of your hands. People will find their callings, their destinies from your own platform. You will be known as a repairer of the bridge, as a restorer of parts to dwell in, a builder of wealth for generations to come. That work has been sanctified this moment as rain falls upon it. As you leave this place, you will have several Eureka moments where ideas will pop up, where strategies will be granted unto you, and you will see the grace that multiplies things in the mighty name of Jesus. <coughs> Number two, favor. Genesis 41, the king had a dream 14 years. Seven years of, of plenty, seven years of famine. How did the scripture describe seven years of plenty? Genesis 41 and verse 2. Seven years of plenty. It says, And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in the middle. The next verse says, And when things changed, behold, seven other kind came up, them out of the river, ill-favored, lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind upon the brink. Famine means a life without favor. Prosperity means a life of favor. Therefore I declare to you under the sound of my voice. As the rain of heaven comes upon your heart. God shall mark you with favor. Anywhere you step into this year. Any person in authority that you have to deal with will single you out as a special one to show you favor. Your ideas will not be frustrated by people in authority, but they will open up doors unto you. They will expand those ideas. They will interpret it in greater ways. For you are marked with favor and men will continually come unto you. One thing you will see this year is that strangers will step into your life, people that you don't know after the flesh, and show you favor in a dimension where you might first be suspicious. And then the Lord will whisper unto you, it is my hand and not deceit. And those doors will be opened up and you will enter into places by those kings and people in authority because it is the year of the Lord's favor upon you. 
And concerning the work of your hands, lastly, Luke chapter 19, verse 41 and 42. Jesus said, Luke 19, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou had known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things that belong unto thy peace, prosperity, but now are they hid from your eyes. And then he goes on and says, Now the enemy, the day shall come when the enemy shall build a trench about thee and compass thee there and keep thee. Now I make this declaration. Some of you have missed your time of visitation in the past. And in right now, you are experiencing stagnancy. You are hemmed in on every single side. And you are wondering what really is going on. It's because some good, strategic, and important opportunity came in the days that went by. And your eyes did not see it. But God is a God of a second chance. In the first quarter of this year, that season shall be restored back unto you. And by the mercy of God, with your eyes this time, you shall see it. It will be in a hidden place. It will come through the hands of somebody that doesn't look like the carrier of the blessing. The suggestion shall come from the lips of a poor person. One who doesn't represent the wisdom they are speaking about. But God has chosen in his infinite wisdom to cause that communication to come through that person. And you will see it. And you will hear it. And you will respond unto it correctly. And it will bring a dramatic change in the seasons of your life. It will bring transgenerational blessing unto you. It is the treasure of the kingdom that you have found. You will sell other things and focus on it. And it will take you to unprecedented heights in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May the grace of our Lord Jesus go with you this year. May his favor keep you as a shield round about you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. When you walk, your feet shall not stumble. The angels of the Lord shall go before you and every member of your family this year. You will not bury any person prematurely in the name of Jesus. You will not go, all right, and bury any single member of your family until the number of their days are fulfilled. It is a, day, a year of the visitation of God Almighty there. Your children shall make you proud this year. Ah, and I speak. Some of you say your children have gone astray. They have gone into drugs. They have left the path of the kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, as a servant of the Lord, I call those children back into the right way this night in the name of Jesus. Rejoice, for they shall return to the path of life. They shall be recovered from the hands of the enemy and they shall be restored. They shall bring glory to your name. They shall extend the name of that family into all the nations of the earth. And the very child you have said is no good shall be that child that shall bring a distinction and cause your family name to be known across the nations of the earth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. This blessing shall rest upon you 
and the Lord shall visit with you in night seated. At night you shall dream dreams. In the morning he will grant you utterance to speak words of wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. He will reveal things unto you in the night season and you will get up in the morning with solutions to your problems. For the hand of the Lord shall rest upon you in an unusual way this year and you shall see the blessings of a divine visitation in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just begin to rejoice and praise God. Let's thank him for the glorious things. Before we go, I want you to speak into your new year. So you make this declaration with me. In the mighty name of Jesus, as I have stepped into 2024, I declare unto you 2024, you are my year of increase, my year of promotion, the year the Lord has sanctified to show himself strong and mighty in my life. I have experienced a divine visitation. 2024, you have served me. You have brought good things into my life. I have met with the right people. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command you 2024 that you have brought prosperity my way. Every single day of this year has been loaded with some divine benefit. I stand strong. I lift up my head. I lift up my hands unto the Lord. I declare to you, Father, I stand strong in your grace. I stand in faith. This is my voice of victory. In the first hour of this year, I announce my victory. I declare I'm successful. I declare I am wise. I have entered into the things you prepared for me. You have done this year exceedingly, abundantly, above anything I could imagine or pray. 2024, I love you with all of my heart. I embrace you with all of my heart. You are a wonderful year. You are a good year unto me. You are the year of my favor. Every single person I meet this year does me well in the mighty name of Jesus. I take off the grave clothes of the past. 2023 is gone 2022 is gone I consider not the old things this year new things spring forth through the hands of God powerful mighty things the earth brings forth unto me I speak to you earth you bring forth the blessings of the Lord I speak to you earth you open up and show me salvation the earth that i walk upon shall promote my cause shall cause me to find favor on it in the mighty name of jesus christ and i say to the nation in which i dwell 
wherever you are on the surface of this earth, whatever nation you dwell in, that land is blessed unto me. This land is blessed unto me. I experience no shortage in this land. The good that is in this land, I eat of it. The wealth that is in this land, I eat of it. For I have been commissioned as an institution of God's kingdom to help the weak, to help the poor, to promote the cause of humanity, and to be a blessing unto the sons of men. Therefore I declare, this land I stand upon is blessed. This land I stand upon is blessed. It favors me in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. And have a wonderful year. Alright? Hallelujah. Wait, 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 wait. Alright? We shouldn't forget that what vex starts tomorrow? Okay. Tomorrow, I, I just pray we'll be able to contain the crowd, all right? Because we saw more people in Wolfbeck in prayer than we saw on these grounds at Watch Night Service. So if you look around here, I think we put 13,124 chairs. Everywhere is filled up. And in prayer, we saw more people in Wolfbeck. All right? Okay? Because if you stay in prayer until you see something, what you see cannot but happen. Do you hear what I said? If you stay long in prayer until you see something in prayer, what you have seen cannot be denied. It cannot be denied. So we saw more. All right. For Wolfbeck, it starts, all right, tomorrow. All right. I'd like everybody to take this confession. Just hold it. Let's everybody take this confession with me. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and we've spoken about Jesus, we've spoken about the Holy Spirit. And you want to meet with him as your personal Lord and Savior. Just make this confession with all of us as we make it. So all of us make this call. Father, I declare that I believe in my heart that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. On the third day, you raised him up for my justification. I confess Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I am born again. I am a child of God in the mighty name of Jesus. If you did that, all right, and you're here, or you did it on television, Please look for a Bible-believing church in the area where you are, where they preach the word of faith, where they pray in the spirit, where they worship God with joy. Join that church. Tell them that you made this confession at the crossover service on channels or online on this ground, and you'd like to join this church in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. And see you tomorrow. It starts at 9 a.m. And Covenant Connect will start the worship. Alright, so the youth will start the worship tomorrow. God bless you and have a wonderful new year.